0: Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be o acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. This past week, a beautiful friend of mine went to her eternal rest. I've been thinking a lot about her the past few days. She was like very few others I have known in this life. She radiated with joy and kindness with the way in which she lived and interacted with the people who she knew. There are few people who I remember the first time I met and yet my memory of meeting her is vivid. It is one of my most pleasant and laughter-filled first encounters with another person. She saw God's love and proclaimed it gently and kindly to her husband, her children, her family, and her friends in this world that is so often wild and unkind to people. Her death was not a surprise, and in many ways, It was more surprising that she lived as long as she did. Perhaps this was simply due to the fact that so many held her up in prayer. For several weeks ago, she was given two weeks to live, and yet she pressed on and loved well even in that fact. But finally, that awful curse of Adam came for her, and all who loved her and love her family wept still even then as she lived well she died equally well rejoice in the lord o ye righteous the death of the saint of a saint is one of those odd things for our lives are richer for having known them their joy their kindness their wisdom and their peace encourages us calls us to run harder in the race that is in front of us, to live more boldly for Christ. And so when we finally say goodbye to them, we can't help but cry. But there is joy too, for we know that they have been set free from their sin, set free from their bondage, from the pains of this world, set free from that corrupt body, that is breaking down, that they may look forward to the recreated and renewed body of eternity. My friend now rests in the glory of God, the glory of God which was lost in the fall. It is in this glory that we look forward to regaining when our race is finally over. But for now, rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. I tell you of my friend, in the hopes that I may honor her one last time, for she lived a beautiful life and left behind many she touched and blessed. I tell you of her because she did something so few of us are good at doing. In the face of a credible adversity, she rejoiced, for she was righteous in Christ. I know that she was not perfect, but Christ resided in her life, and her in her, his love abounded well. And few who met her could deny this fact. Because I, and I share this, and tell of my friend, because I hope just as she encouraged me and hundreds of others, she may encourage you as well. This Sunday is commonly called Gaudet Sunday, or sometimes Rose Sunday, or if you are punchy as I sometimes am prone to do, Pink Sunday. (laughs) But Gaudet is the most appropriate. It is named for the traditionally used introit or opening psalm that is found in older liturgies. The introit has mostly been replaced by an opening hymn in Reformed and modern liturgies. However... We read, this, we read this intro this morning, which starts with Gaudet, or in the English, Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. This commandment to rejoice stands in sharp contrast of our gospel lesson in which we learn of John the Baptist in prison. Well, there are some who read John's request of his disciples not not as fear in the face of death, but as equipping them for the trials that they will face after his death. It seems a better reading is that he is wondering, pondering if Jesus really was the Christ. Remember last week when we heard of John who jumped for joy in his mother's womb at the coming of Christ? This is the same John we read of this week as he approaches his own death. It is the same John who served God and glorified him in all that he did. The same John who pointed to the Christ with his whole life. But now he sends forth his, forth the question, are you really him? The reality is we can read John's question in a few ways. But we also need to acknowledge the fact that as each of us approaches death's door, we may may have the courage and bravery of so many saints that came before us, or we could feel tremulous and fear, or it could just come for us without warning. For me, I pray for bravery and goodness, and that God would be glorified just as I pray that he is glorified in my life. As I thought about my friend this week, I thought of the many saints that God has given strength and courage at the end of their lives. The martyrs who went to their death for the sake of Christ, not simply willingly, but joyfully. I thought of a story that I once read of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's own execution, who it is said dreamt of finally meeting Christ on the eve of that day. He was emboldened, before his own death. Yet regardless of how this comes, the command to the Christian that we get this day stands true. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. I suspect that if Christ had responded to John the Baptist in this way, he would have been one of the sad comforters of Job's, one of Job's sad comforters. Too often when a beloved finds themselves in pain, We tend to be like Job's friend. We offer weak sympathy or tell him, buck up, old chap. God created man to be in community with one another. One of the ways in which humanity is truly unique compared to the rest of creation is how this community is manifested in our ability to have advanced communication with one another. Our ability to communicate with syntax and emotion and nuance is special and truly unique to humanity. From time to time, we read in the news of animals doing truly amazing things. Once, in fact, someone taught a primate sign language. He was able to learn a surprising number of words and phrases, yet he could not express his own unique thoughts. On the other hand, a child is able to start to uniquely express herself from a very young age. One of the most amazing things is seeing a young one start to take on their own unique personality. We were created to be communicators. Sometimes we do this well, and sometimes we do it poorly. And yet this fact reminds us and encourages us to rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for God is the good creator. Yet, this creation, this ability to communicate, can be a curse when we are called to comfort because we so desire to take away the pain of our loved ones, our beloved who are struggling. So often we want to tell them it will be okay, but maybe it won't be okay in the way that we want it to be. Maybe it'll be hard. Maybe it will be painful. In many cases, we are called to be present, called to simply listen, called to not insert our own opinions or advice, but simply be present. There is an art to loving well, to knowing the when to say words of comfort, when to give advice, and when to say nothing at all. It is often when someone is hurting the most deeply that if we do not take care, we can do the most damage. But Christ in his divine wisdom knows exactly what to say to John and to his disciples. And he does not say rejoice, but it is implied. Instead he says, go, tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them and we are reminded in this rejoice in the lord o ye righteous christ points to the prophets who told of his coming and said these things that these men had predicted would happen when I come are now happening. There is a power in not simply saying what you want to communicate, but telling a story. I have a dear friend who is particularly good at this. When we talk about our struggles, so often he simply responds with a story. And that story has the power to evoke thoughts in my mind or push me to repentance when I need it. We see the same thing with David and Nathan. Instead of walking into the king's chamber and yelling at him, as perhaps he may have wanted to, he, and Nathan tells a simple story and how it pushes the king to repentance, how the king sees his own wickedness. Rejoice for this in the Lord, O ye righteous. We might think it would have been easier for Christ to have said to John, to his beloved relative, Yes, I assure you that I am. But in our tumult, how much more power is it to hear, see this evidence, and be comforted? Christ knows the words to say and gives John and his disciples the comfort they need in the dark, their darkest hours. And what is that comfort? The blind receive their sight. We read of Christ's ability to heal physical ailments, of those who came before him. Yet he also spe- feels, heals the spiritually ill. The author of Amazing Grace catches on to this when he penned, I was blind, but now I see. Outside of Christ, we live in blindness. The great Christian promise is that of the gospel, of, according to St. John the Evangelist, wrote, The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When we are in Christ, Christ becomes the light by which we see the world. Christ is the way in which our spiritual blindness is relieved. Rejoice in the Lord. O ye righteous. The lame walked. We are enlivened for service, not because we are intrinsically good people, but because Christ has given us his spirit. Because in Christ we are given to the ability to walk with God. As humanity lost this privilege in Adam, so we regain it with Christ. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous the lepers are cleansed spiritually we come to Christ tarnished and ill and Christ cleans us of our sin cleans us of our past cleans us of our brokenness cleans us of all that has gone wrong in the world and that has gone and cleans us from that which separates us from God's community and reunites it, us with it rejoice in the lord O ye righteous. The deaf hear. I was reading about one of the psalms some time ago, and I no longer remember which one. But the psalmist asked God to help him to hear his law. One of the commentators says that the word has much more to do than simply hear, but is something along the lines of asking God to drill a hole into our ears so that we are able to hear him. I appreciate this understanding. Because often I feel as though I have a tremendously thick skull. And it takes God being more aggressive with me than sim- me simply needing a little assistance in hearing him. Sometimes we need God to drill holes in our ears so we can hear him better. And in Christ, the spiritually deaf like me hear. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. The dead are raised. We know of Christ raising Lazarus, and this makes us wonder if there were others that he raised from the dead, but we do not know for sure. But regardless, we are spiritually raised from the dead, and we know that on the last day we will enjoy the eternal resurrection In fact, as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this second resurrection is what gives us hope and helps us to persevere. It is this second, final resurrection in which we can rejoice. We have been given life, and we will be given life. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. The poor have good news preached to them. We can overcorrect our reading in this and make it strictly a social gospel reading or make it purely spiritual. Instead, I think it better that we read it as both. That the spiritually poor are made spiritually rich in Christ and in this they come to a place where they care for the poor of spirit and of material. We are called to care for both as Christ cared for both. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. Christ testified to John the Baptist by showing him his works. The church testifies to the world by doing the same. We say, look at all that Christ has done for us. We were blind, but now we see. We were lame, but now we walk by faith in the light of Christ. We were spiritually dirty, but Christ has cleansed us. We were deaf, but now we hear God's truth. We were dead in our transgressions, but now we live. We were poor, but now we are spiritually rich beyond our wildest imaginations. This is what Christ has done for me, and may that be a reality and living testimony to all. Rejoice. In the Lord, O ye righteous. And and blessed is the one who is not offended by Christ. We are blessed when we proclaim Christ boldly in our lives. We are blessed when we live for Christ and live in Christ. Men and women are blessed when they come to know Christ. It truly is. And so we do not become offended by him. For we are called to rejoice in the Lord. Then Jesus turns his attention to the crowds and asks them what they went into the wilderness to see, what they thought of John. We can ask the same of ourselves. Why do we come to church? Recently, I've been thinking a fair amount of the entertainment culture in which we live and the need for instant gratification, the need to have everything we want now. On Monday of this past week, I made a presentation in a class, and part of it was an intentional call to myself to slow down. Too often, I want to build a skyscraper, and I want it built yesterday. (laughs) I like the idea of doing grandiose things, so long as they can be completed in the blink of an eye. But there is a goodness in taking time. There is a goodness in starting a project and trusting that God will see it to the end, even if you can't see that yet. Friedrich Nietzsche, of all people, coined the following phrase, a long obedience in the same direction. And yet it succinctly captures our call to the Christian life. And so the question can be asked, why do we come to church? for instant comfort, to rub elbows with friends, to be entertained, or to hear Christ proclaimed, to undertake that slow, long, beautiful, good process of sanctification. We're not called to have everything done immediately. We're not called to provide cheap comfort, but we are called to grow in Christ, to take a step forward and when the waves of life, knock us down, do not be discouraged, but to persevere. We are called to rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. Our reading ends with Christ affirming John the Baptist's ministry, affirming what John did for the people. He prepared the way for Christ to come in, for Christ to come heal, to make free those who are pressed in the world and in sin. So we rejoice in the Lord. The Christian life is a call to a life of joy, not because life is easier with Christ, but because life has meaning, because Christ has freed us from so much, because Christ has done and is doing a good thing in our life and is preparing us for an eternity spent in the glory of God the great the call of god at sunday though it feels jarring against the story of john the baptist on the eve of his death and against the reality of the world in which we live is a good calling it is a call to rejoice because christ has revealed to us who he is so let us be people who are transformed by christ let us be people who are not prone to grumble grumbling, but prone to joy in the face of adversity. Let us be people who honor the saints who have come before us and demonstrated the love and joy of Christ by doing the same. Let us be people who rejoice in the Lord because Christ's righteousness dwells in us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen.